Welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are creators and artists, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and mother of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is Sarah Brokenshire. She's an actor and producer from Eight Mile Creek, South Australia, and a mum of two boys. Acting since the age of 23, Sarah has performed numerous times with the Patch Theatre Company, including an off-Broadway season in New York City. She performed in Mudson Ball, where she was awarded the 2008 Green Room Theatre Award for Best Cabaret Ensemble. Other shows include Ruby Brews, Emily Loves to Bounce, Me and My Shadow, Yo Diddle Diddle, and The Girl Who Cried Wolf. Sarah's film and television credits include Wanted Season 3, Wolf Creek 2, and feature film Rabbit. Sarah created her own production company, Control Party Theatre, and received rave reviews for her one-woman show, The World Is Looking For You, in August 2021. In addition to all this, she runs a farm with her husband, Liam, which incorporates a free-range egg farm, The Splendid Egg. Everything I'm about to tell you is completely true. I'm an only child. I learnt to drive on my family farm when I was about nine years old. I'm a vegetarian. I have one brother, his name is Andy. I never finished high school. I got expelled in year 11 and I don't regret it. I do regret it. I can't drive. <laughs> of course I can drive. My sister taught me. I've got twin sisters who are six years older than me and Denise, she's a blonde one. She taught me. I'm a vegetarian. Well, pescatarian and duck, sometimes. My sister, Andy, he's the blonde one. He was nine years old when he got expelled from year 11, so I ate him. I'm a cannibal. And duck, sometimes. And I do regret it. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It's great. So you are an actor, which is exciting. I haven't had an actor on my show yet, so welcome. Yeah. First actor. Well, thank you. So, I feel honoured to be the first. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, how you got into being an actor and um, share anything else that you'd like to around that. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I think um, I, 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 lo- I, I loved acting. I did drama at school, uh, high school. I guess, um, and then uh, I didn't quite have the confidence, I don't think, to audition for drama schools at that stage when I was 17, so I kind of put that aside and I went travelling, went skiing, I became a snow ski instructor actually and then did like a business degree and, and did all sorts of other things, but really um, ultimately it, I, it got to a point where all I was thinking about was having a go, having a crack at acting. And, and so finally when I was, uh, it was it was when I was about 20, um, 24, 24, 23, 24, I finally plucked up the courage and started auditioning for drama school. So then I went to drama school uh, in and had the best three years. I, I just had the, the, the best time. And then uh, as a mature age student, so everyone else was kind of 17, 18, and I was just very old 24 year old 
I felt very old. Looking back now, I'm just like, oh, God, baby. But, um, and then, yeah, and then I left drama school. Um, I finished there in 2004 and just have been kind of oh, slowly chipping away, um, doing just getting gigs where I can and um, a lot of theatre, um, independent theatre and um, some working with a lot of the professional theatre companies in Adelaide mainly. Um, spent a couple of years in Melbourne and then um, made the odd decision to move regionally, um, which in a w- really weird way has been the best thing for my career. It's, it, yeah, it's been yeah, right. a very interesting journey for me but to be living where I live now. I was going to ask you that, um, and you've brought it up, so I'll ask you now. How it, you said it's really good for your career, but being in Mount Gambier, which is five hundred kilometres away from Adelaide <laughs> and five hundred kilometres yeah. from Melbourne, how how is that so good? Uh, I think it, initially uh, it, it actually was quite hard, but it made me become a bit more resourceful. Made me think about what I the kind of work I wanted to make and wanted to be a part of and when things were quite quiet I kind of went all right well maybe how can I make the work come to me how can I get um I'd I'd made some really good I'd spent a good 10 years in Adelaide making a really great network of creatives and friends that were doing amazing things um and then I looked for avenues where I could bring them to me or uh, yeah how can I open up an opportunity that maybe I'm not you know, that's outside of the, the, the box. And um, that's kind of where that started. And, um, and I mean, it's not, it doesn't all happen really quickly. That's happened, by, you know, I've been here for 11 years and now I'm starting to get quite busy, but it's taken, you know, it's taken, a, it's a slow burn, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> interesting too um as you were saying that i guess that would also be really beneficial for us as audiences in regional areas to be able to maybe get shows that we wouldn't get here because the main actor is from here would that be fair to say Mm. yeah yeah i think so yeah and and um uh one of the other and i've also when i've um got um invited kind of creatives down to me I've also tried to have opportunities where I get them out into the community so we and it's also been a really good um way for me to uh an inroad into my community in a way as well it's been a really good way for me to kind of understand where I live and and get to know the people um that surround me um but yeah definitely like I think um the more, yeah, the, the, I think more professional artists seem to be kind of leaving the cities and I think that definitely draws um, those kind of different shows and works and and um, uh, performances, whatever, out of the city. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
was going to ask you to share with us some of the shows that you've been in. I know that I had a ticket to come and see you in The World is Looking for You and then yeah. my son broke his arm that night so I couldn't oh, no. come. Oh, that um, would have been dreadful. So I'm actually very disappointed because I've heard wonderful, wonderful feedback about that show. So I don't know how I'm ever going to get to see it. Do they ever record, do they record them? Or like I can't uh, see it. They do. Yeah, it, it often doesn't translate quite as well. Um, um, but we did get a really beautiful uh, archival recording in Adelaide. Actually, um, a, a, an amazing filmmaker kind of came in and, and took a few different, um, got a few different cameras in there. But um, I, I think hopefully we'll get to do it again yeah. down here. I, I only got to do it three times and um, to very small audiences, which was intentional. To keep it very um, intimate, yeah. but um, I think I would like it. Just was over so quickly, and it's such a. Um, I guess this work was very personal, um, and had a lot of my personal story in it. Yeah. Um, and then to be able to do it to my local community was um, was so uh, um, humbling and profound just for me um, that I. I just selfishly want to have that experience yeah. again. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you for that. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was really, yeah. uh, I, I was very grateful to have had that moment in time. Yeah. No, I, I want you to do it again so I can see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you your, said, get your front row ticket. Yeah, absolutely. So you said <laughs> um, that it had some of your own personal stories. So how did that come about? Did, were you involved in actually, like, writing it or how, how did that come about? Um, I um, went, if you could find that, well, the long story is that um, when I first moved back here, I um, was, was definitely at a bit of a loss of what to do and thought I had isolated myself from my creative community. I kind of, in, initially I thought I'd possibly made a mistake in terms of um, career, not not in terms of family because I'd moved back to be closer to family to uh, for Liam, my husband and I, to start a family together. But I did feel quite isolated from Adelaide and, and Melbourne and, and thought maybe I'd made a mistake. But in that regard... But um, then I just kept getting these little invitations from um, it, 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 there's a regional um, art funding body, Country Arts SA, and, and they kind of one of them kind of heard that I had moved from Adelaide to uh, from and to Mount Gambia, and so he just kept sending me these little invitations to meet up with someone just to t- talk about this or come to Adelaide for the fringe and meet some other regional artists, and and so slowly I kind of. And then um, I kind of got the courage, I guess, or which is sounds a bit strange, but the courage to uh, have an idea that in my mind that I kind of put out there. Usually, I just perform other people's ideas, or mm. and so I I applied for a grant to develop a show with a director friend of mine, Daisy Brown. She's this incredible director that um, we've worked together on a few shows in Adelaide. Um, and so we applied for funding to commission um, a, an amazing writer, Finnegan Crookemeyer, to um, come and work with us. So I didn't write the, the show, <laughs> thank goodness. But um, um, and so I, <laughs> and so this was part of that 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 process of who, who are the who are the people that I'd like to sit in a room with and work with. And it was Daisy and Finn and. Um, 
and uh, Mario, who Daisy Mario and I have a company together, a theatre company together, and we I want to work with those people, um, and I had just had an idea, which was um, a an article that I'd found in a based on an article I'd found on Facebook essentially years before, and so I got the got the funding and um, basically got them to come down here to Adelaide, uh, to Gambia, and um, we sat in a room. Um, for a week and talked and talked and talked mm-hmm. and then we did that again we, we, and so we had a four week um, rehearsal process over a year and then um, it just started from there and we um, it, it was a four year process this, wow. this play that yeah That's it was incredible. A big, it was a big one and it, it was meant to happen in um, last year but it got postponed because of COVID mm-hmm. but that was almost a blessing I think but um yeah, and so and and uh, I wasn't really sure what it was going to be. None of us were when we started talking, and then it's just kind of evolved over it evolved over four years and became this uh, one woman show, which wasn't my intention either because that's, that's terrifying. But um, it ended up being yeah this this. Uh, yeah, this, this, this theatre work that we're oh, I'm very proud of, which is a yeah, oh. nice thing to be able to say, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. congratulations. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> now I really have to say it. Oh, yeah. That's I know. And I, um, I was on stage with um, the composer. He he played live and there's, we had this amazing vocalist as well. So she yeah. was part of the, yeah, you, I think you oh. really would have. Yeah. you just rubbing you it in, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have loved it, I think. Oh, dear. Well, maybe I can, like, start a petition to get it back. <laughs> yeah, totally. Let's do it. Oh, dear. So um, other things that you've done, um, I know with my connection with childcare, you've done some work with the Patch Theatre Group. They do shows for children. Yeah, um, yeah tell us yeah. all about the other things that you've done over the year. Yeah, I've done a lot of work um, with Patch Theatre and, and I, I actually did a lot of work with them over my pregnancy. Yeah. So that kind of um, saved me a little bit in many ways. Like it, it kept me kind of in the in the with my finger it felt like my finger was still on a pulse of some description mm-hmm. um because i you know you, you know i mean i'm sure you you understand as well when you when you have start having kids it's uh just it's hard to kind of you know still figure out who you are amongst the the mess of motherhood and mm-hmm. um beautiful mess in some in some respects i guess but you do it's hard to kind of you know there's the life that was and then you as a mother kind of just trying to figure it out. And somehow I got to kind of keep a little bit of my artistic identity alive at, at that stage, which I think was very crucial to my feeling um, like I could still do it. Mm-hmm. Like I was still, yeah, an artist or, um, uh, yeah. And so I kept my head above water a little bit. Um so Patch, I did, I got attached like 10 or maybe even more than 10 years ago now. I was lucky enough to start working on two different Patch shows. They were called um, Emily Loves to Bounce and Me and My Shadow, which is these two beautiful 
beautiful shows that just happened to have these amazing tours and I got to just tour with them every, you know, once or twice a year, um, you know, back when we could go overseas and, <laughs> uh, and uh, got to go to, you know, travel to New York and perform in New York with a little two-year-old in tow and, oh. uh, yeah, and also, like, while I was pregnant, um, they kind of would shift rehearsals so that, you know, I, I could still do rehearsals before my due date and, because um, you know how sometimes when you, well, when I, when you're acting, you feel like, well, when you get jobs, you feel like a, well, I, I did. I felt like when I, I found out I was pregnant, it, I felt like if I told them, you know, that might be the end of that gig mm-hmm. with no other jobs in sight. And yeah. so there was all this, yeah, but some, you know, both times when I was pregnant, I had patch stuff and they kind of would go, oh, no, no worries, let's just move this here and that there. So you can still be, we still want you to be part of the show. And so they were kind of crucial to me feeling, I don't know, what valued, I guess. And, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it was a bit more than just jobs, I guess, now that looking back on it. A bit more yeah. than just acting jobs. They were very – and, um, yeah, so uh, – um, and then I've just done um, just a few little tiny TV roles and things like that where where I've been able to and um, they've been amazing and, and just basically I'll take any job I can get <laughs> that comes up. Identity, yeah. So you mentioned there how crucial and um, really valuable that was mm. being able to keep doing what you love doing rather than having to stop um, while you're pregnant. Yeah. What about when yeah. when you first yeah. had um, your first child? Did you have a break mm. at all then or were you able to just sort of keep keep um, going? It was, I guess it, I kept going, but the, the, the shows are fairly, you know, sporadic. So there was long periods of time where um, there wasn't much happening or there were periods of time where I wasn't sure if there was anything in the pipeline, mm-hmm. you know, and then something would come up and it would be okay and uh, would kind of buoy me, I guess, for a bit. And then um, so it, it's that old kind of, you know, it's, it's never you never know really what's happening and what's coming up next. Um and, you know, so that job insecurity that comes with being an actor or a creative probably. Mm. Um, but um, so it was definitely uh, a struggle. And then I guess, you know, for me, it's, I have to usually for the most part but go uh, to Adelaide usually to, to work. Mm. So then there's that added um, kind of stress of, I don't know, um, added stress of having to figure out what to do, uh, whether to, yeah, how, how to make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would often desperately feel like I wanted to do that job, 
you know, because how do you know when you're going to get the next opportunity or, or um, yeah. um, but also trying to look after little tiny babies or like for, um, for some of the patch touring I did, I, I did these big tours and so um, uh, uh, Liam would come with me for a few weeks and then tag team with his mum and so my mother-in-law would come and tour with me for a couple of weeks oh. and then my mum. So it, it, it always um, involved having a very good support network around me mm. um, and that, that was kind of the part of the reason for coming home as well was because I knew that there would be that support network as my my mum lives here my sister and her um, her husband they moved back here about six months before I did and, and we're very close so um, yeah having having that support has been crucial mm, absolutely um, I wouldn't have been able to yeah similar thing to you that are able to keep working with their little ones or while they're pregnant um yeah I think um uh it's becoming more and more uh I don't know like commonplace I, mm-hmm. I think or um that um you work around um pregnancies and and small children and and it's kind of crucial now I think for theatre companies to be um inclusive of mothers that have got, got tiny babies so make those rehearsal rooms um uh comfortable and safe for new mothers and things i think it's um becoming just normal now yeah I think, which, is, which is great i don't know uh, I, I don't know um 
I know a lot of friends in Adelaide that have babies that are working in Adelaide. I don't know uh, so many regional artists personally that, that have to leave home for, you know, long stretches, which uh, I've done a little bit of that, which has been um, very challenging. Great. Like I've I really appreciated the work and the experiences, but yeah, very, very challenging for, for me and for Lee and my husband, of course, as well. And, oh. So um, run a, a chicken, not a chicken farm, it's an egg egg farm. Yeah, well, it's a, um, I guess it's a, we're trying to make it a, a regenerative farm, basically. And so the, the chickens are part of that ethos or that philosophy. So they, um, um, we, we've only got a couple of caravans, I guess they're called, but they're sheds, mobile sheds, and we pull them around the paddocks and the chickens just, cruise around wherever they want um and uh so they're basically fertilizing and sanitizing the soil in the hopes that we don't have to um spray and mm. um, do all those kind of things and we have those beautiful marama dog guardian dogs that look after them out in the paddock so yeah. you know there's no fences or anything they just wander around and do what they like but um so yeah it's an interesting um it's been an, an amazing kind of little add-on to the the farm so my it's my family I grew up on this farm that I'm living on now um and my husband is now running it which is yeah <laughs> not something that we both really thought we'd be doing um like 15 years ago but yeah. um we love it and yeah so the chickens we, we've got this, this brand called the splendid egg and we um sell these beautiful well, I think they're beautiful um pastured free range eggs um, yeah, it's just as part of a byproduct of trying to um, create more diversity on the farm. So it's yeah. a traditional farm as well. Like you run other. We run, we run, uh, yeah, prime lamb. Um, we we sell wool as well, of course, from that. And then um, um, we adjust some cattle from other neighbouring kind of properties. So we look after cattle for other farms, and um, yeah, trying to get a bit of a rotation of um, a few different animals through yeah our um our property yeah and i have read online that they the the chickens have so much space it's even beyond like the traditional what they class as free yeah. range it's like even more space. oh yeah they just can, they can there's no or there are fences to keep their like cows and sheep in but they can just walk through the under those or they can go wherever they like essentially it, it, right at the beginning we we, we um have these kind of movable fences so we can teach them where to lay and where to sleep and things like that. But um, in, yeah, they can just walk anywhere they like. Um, I mean, obviously if they walk too far and then come back, then it's on, it's, it's on them if they get <laughs> caught by a fox. You know, can, the but <laughs> yeah, they do. They're not there. Some of them just walk, it seems like they walk for a cave, but um. Um, yeah, and then they all just kind of wander back to the caravans to roost at night. But yeah, they can go wherever they like, really. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a bit crazy. Was... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's lovely. <laughs> so you kept pretty busy, really, like with the yeah, yeah a pretty, pretty busy. Life. It's a bit of a weird mix, isn't it? Like, <laughs> uh, I get 
people are like, oh, look, that's the egg lady. And I'm like, no, oh, <laughs> egg lady. I don't know if I like that. I won't, I won't quote you. I won't say I won't say you're the egg lady. <laughs> the egg lady, I know. But it is a weird combination of kind of acting and I quite like um wearing a few different hats. As long as I can have something creative in the pipeline or um yeah, just, just be able to kind of continue auditioning and things like that, then I I, I really enjoy having such different in COVID obviously you've, you've been able to put on your your big show um but like you talk about auditioning in that like have you had to do lots of stuff online or has it sort of worked yeah I, in a way it's kind of um leveled the playing field a little bit for people that don't live in the city because I mean it was kind of heading that way in the, the, the industry was starting to do a lot more self-taping for auditions and things like that so it, it was kind of heading in that direction anyway when rather than walking into a, a, um, a kind of in-person audition you, you'd send in a tape and then go through all the tapes and then pick you know the few that they want and then get those people to come in mm-hmm. and now that's kind of the norm and, and obviously preferred method of auditioning is actually just sending in a tape mm-hmm. um, and because it's harder to get you can't fly from Melbourne to Sydney just you know for the day to do an audition um, so it yeah, it kind of leveled the playing field a bit, and I kind of that isolation weirdly for me uh, it was um, minimised, I guess. Or yeah, so I, I felt more connected. People, yeah. I mean, and you know, it, we got all crazy. Like people were zooming like crazy in the beginning, but um, I started connecting with all sorts of people um, and creatives that were doing interesting things. Um, through Zoom and because everyone was like, well, right, well, how can we still connect? Well, let's, let's yeah, let's Zoom each other or, um, yeah, can you send in a tape for this? And it, it, for me, it, it kind of was, um, yeah, good in many ways, which is weird. Because mm, you probably, <laughs> you know, you probably might not have got the chance to meet these people or have opportunities if if it wasn't yeah. for that. Like you said, it's got it's had its upside. Yeah, it definitely has its upside. And because I um, have been doing tapes for a little while now, I also feel quite comfortable doing that. And I almost prefer it than going into a, a, a live audition, a real audition, because I get all, oh, I get, um, I'm, I'm not great at auditioning. I get nervous. And, you know, when you start talking, you're like, oh, in your head, you're like, just stop talking, just stop talking. <laughs> and you just keep going. And, oh, God. But so I have, feel like I have so much more control over a self-tape audition, so I, I, yeah, don't mind it at all. Mm, no, that's awesome.
concept of mum guilt. What? How do you feel about that? Yeah, um, I've been thinking about that a bit. Um, navigating motherhood is, is is tricky. I definitely felt a lot of guilt, I guess, but about starting going back to work, about leaving the kids, about about leaving my family to go and do a theatre job or a um, and whether it was worth it. And but I, I think mum guilt. It, I feel like it implies that you've done something wrong. Guilt, like mm. mum guilt, and I don't think that's correct. So I, I wonder if I was thinking about it today because I I often feel guilt about not doing this because I'm doing this or um, um, you know I'm doing um, an acting job so I can't put as much uh, energy into the farm and so it puts enough more pressure on Liam or so I'm feeling guilty all over the place mm. and and that's a kind of I feel like I've been that's a conditioning thing so it's not just mum guilt I don't think I, I just always felt a bit kind of like I should be in all places all the time mm. um, but I think I think I, I, when when I was going away a lot, I struggled with um, feeling guilty, feeling uh, I guess stressed and stretched, and and then um, yeah, and just not being around. And Liam, who's just amazing and been so supportive, he would say, "Well, you know, is it?" I think he kind of. Um, stressed to me that it's important that the boys see that you're doing what you love I guess um and that maybe it's just about finding the right compromises so your husband Liam he must be very yeah. supportive to to be encouraging yeah. you to keep keep doing what you love doing yeah and and all my whole family um right from the beginning and I think uh that that Liam would always say look it because um, leading up to uh, going away for a show, I just those couple of weeks before, I'd just feel wretched and I'd feel um, sad and I'd feel super guilty about leaving. And but um, he would just remind me that it's a beautiful time for him and the boys to mm. to have a different kind of relationship. Um, and often Liam's mum would come over with her partner while I was away to help. And then, so then she'd have this different relationship with um, Liam and the boys um, than she would if I was here, mm. which I thought was really a lovely thing to say and a lovely thing for me to be reminded of that she, yeah, she gets to have this different relationship with, with the boys while, while I'm away and that she loves that time. Yeah. She... Um, because she doesn't get to see them often. She lives in country and like regional Victoria, eight hours away. So, um, and then they get to see me um, doing what I love, I guess. Or they get to see me going to do that. I mean, they don't necessarily yeah. see the shows each time, but they yeah. get to understand that I'm, yeah, making a sacrifice to do the things that I love or making, and, and that, yeah, and it's just about trying to find the right kind of compromise because I think you need your own thing mm. as a as a human. Yeah, and as a um, as a mum, as a parent, but definitely as a mum, you need your own um, whatever that is. Like even if it, it doesn't have to be work, but um, and so 
to have your own thing, you do need to uh, compromise and sacrifice a little bit that that kind of um, relationship with your children or your husband. And um, it's about finding the right compromise or the right balance, I guess, of sure feeling a bit guilty, but also feeling like you're you're doing the right thing for you, I guess. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I, um, yeah, I think that's, and that's, it's always a struggle. It's never the same each time. Mm -hmm. It's always a different um, lead up to me leaving. It only happens a couple of times a year. If I have a, if it's a good year, it's a couple of times a year. Um, And the lead up's different every year as the kids get older too. And they'll start um like Finn especially he he really misses or he gets what he kind of works himself up in the lead up to me going away but then he's fine once I'm gone yeah but so that that anxiety those anxieties are a bit different now for the boys leading up to because they can can communicate how they're feeling and that they don't want me to go and this and that and the other but I guess that opens up opportunities to talk about why I'm doing what I'm doing and mm. that it is although it is hard it means I get to kind of um, do the thing that I love but they also get to hang out with Liam in a different way uh, yeah that's a really great way of looking at it too it's it's strengthening yeah. strengthening other relationships in your family unit as well it's yeah exactly yeah. and um yeah and Liam um does put obviously a lot of pressure on him but then he really yeah appreciates that kind of bond he gets with the kids that it's different when I'm around because they're they're kind of mummy's boys a bit at the moment, <laughs> and so I'm kind of the, you know. But when I'm out of the picture for a bit, he becomes the that kind of that parent, I guess. Mm. Um, yeah, and so how you step into those different roles, and I hope it, it's building resilience as well a little bit maybe, and what's building resilience <laughs> for me. Because <laughs> I miss them so much, and and it's mm. yeah, it's, it's tough being away, and because I'm also constantly going, is this worth it? Am I doing the right thing? Um, it's only a theatre show. Should I be home? Like all of that's still mm. going on, even if I am having an amazing kind of time, you know, you know, being in the rehearsal room or something like that. But. And and then do you tell yourself that it is worth it? Like do you do you answer yourself then and say yes? yes. Because I love well, it. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, exactly, and but. I am reminded, and Mum actually said it the last time because I was like, oh my God, I, I, you know, and I'm feeling really anxious about not being around. And, and then she's like, well, you know, if it's, you, you just have to, you know, kind of weigh up. And if it's too much, like if it's, if that's outweighing, if you're, if you're miserable and doing, in a way, doing a show, then there's, there's no point to doing that show. But yeah. if you're, if you're, if you're happy then and um yeah then it's kind of it's worth it to, hopefully mm. <laughs> <laughs> not like damaging my children oh. Oh, well, I just think it's wonderful though for for boys in particular to see that a mother's a mother can be any anything that they want to be too like the mother isn't yeah, the traditional role that they might see might have seen maybe their grandparents in a different way 
Um, yeah. But then mothers of today can can do whatever they want, and I think that's awesome for boys to see that. That you know, as they yeah. grow up, their their expectation of what you know their relationships might look like is you know endless. I suppose it's boundless. It hasn't got these constraints yeah. that that the previous yeah. generations would have had. I guess. Yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, I guess when when I'm at home, I, I do we do tend to kind of fall into Liam's kind of out doing the labour on the farm. Although I do come out and help, and and I tend to be the more that kind of nurturing uh, and doing the like bookwork and and taking them to school and doing those kind of almost um, you know those uh, stereo stereotypical kind of roles that. Mm. We, we kind of fall into which I don't sometimes I, I I feel funny about but um I yeah I, I agree with you that I think it's great for them to kind of see me yeah forging a, a bit of a path that's a bit tricky as well I guess yeah it's just it's tricky and hard and um as a uh, performer, I think, and an actor. It's it's definitely a um, builds resilience. It's probably mm. the best way to yeah. It doesn't and you get out pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Like you would have to have pretty thick skin, I suppose. To you're always putting yourself up for stuff, and you're at the the whim of someone else to tell you whether you're. I know yeah. I say you're good enough because I know whether you're right for the role or not. But I don't think there'd be many people that. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely pretty tricky, and I think that's part of the reason for starting to be a bit more rigorous in in creating my own work, it's, it's so that you can have some kind of control over mm. over what you're doing, and 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 ha- and so you can still ha- get your voice out there and your stories out there, and um and and and, and you know it's hard. Like I'm sure you probably feel the same when you like write a song or, or write an album, and then you you've kind of put, put your heart and soul into it and then you just have to go Matt there you go what do you think like yeah. you know what I mean like oh yeah oh, yeah oh. yeah it's, it's, it's very yeah you're so it's vulnerable very, just yeah. it's a very vulnerable situation to put yourself in and you, I know yeah sometimes when you're standing out outside just recently I was standing out the front of the foyer after doing the show and I'm just like God, this is, I feel like I've basically just kind of, you know, cut over my chest, pulled out my heart, and I've just plonked it down in front of everyone for you to just go, yeah, fuck, all right. Oh, yeah. I feel a bit, you know, I was a bit, I fell asleep for a bit, but, oh, that's right, you know. Like, God, it is, yeah. It's, thank God people do it, though. Like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, when you hear a piece of music that just, like, rips your heart out or you, you see, like, for me, watching a theatre show that kind of either punches you in the guts or uh, it's the best. I love it so much. And so, you know, thank God artists and people are creative because, that, for me, that's, like, the, that's the, the stuff of life. But um, <laughs> it's not for everybody, I guess, but... Um, yeah, it does takes a bit of yeah resilience and determination, and and it's not really a choice, is it? You just oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's so just, true. Yeah, yeah, it's just you just make you just have to. Yes, you are compelled to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I just have yeah. I think it's great. I have so much admiration for 
all art and artists and musicians like yourself and yeah I think it's just oh yeah, yeah the best yeah, and I think and I think that's why it is so hard for mums who create because mm. you have this the sheer determination that you're going to do what you want to do. You're going to put out what you want to share. You're going to create what mm. you want to create. But then you go, oh, hang on a minute. There's these other people here now that I have to consider, and it's like trying to reconcile the two. Yeah, it's just it's- absolutely. I, and I mean, I don't know how you feel when you're kind of writing songs, or but I know that when I'm rehearsing or um, uh, performing a show, especially leading up to um, opening night or things like that, I find it very um, hard to be present because I'm always thinking about um, uh, or just feeling nervous, really, or you kind of I'm consumed about the characters I'm exploring, or and so it, it's a tricky balance to um, uh, be kind of be present. Um, with the kids while creating something at the same time, but mm. also, yeah, a joy and a privilege. Yeah, it's it, it that's a that's a really hard one. There's a the episode that came out today with Rachel. Um, she said that she always tried to keep the two things really separate: the the parenting yeah. and her, and her art practice. And I think it's different because mm. when you're actually um, you know you're physically holding a paintbrush or physically holding a pen, you can go to this space mm. and do it you in this space. Yes, yeah. And so then she she found that if she could get some time doing her art, then she could go, right, that's done. Now I can go see my children, um, which works great, you know, for that sort of medium. Mm. But I find like your, yours and mine um, can be really challenging because you've always got stuff going around in your head. Like yeah, totally. it's always there. And how do you switch that off? Well, you, your children have come over and said, hey, watch me do this. And you're going, Mm. I know, I'm watching, but my brain's back here thinking about what I was, you know. I, know. I find yeah. that really challenging just to, but when I come in here to actually record something, that's the easy bit because I can go, right, I'm shutting the door, give me 10 minutes, yes. I need to record yep. It's all the other stuff. Yep. The other time's the hard bit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. When you're, it's rattling around in here and you just, you just want to grab, like things will come to you in a second and you're like, oh, hang on, hang on, I have to write this down. Yeah, totally. You can't because they're trying to do, you know. Oh, I don't know. I know. It's, it's just like uh, your head's like, like splitting yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I do. I find that tricky as well. And because I I spend a lot of time um, when I'm uh, rehearsing and performing actually away from the family. So um, that's easier for that in, in that regard for to be able to kind of just concentrate on the, on the show that I'm doing. Whereas I find when now that I'm doing a bit more work here in in Mount Gambia, uh, or at home, and it's actually really tricky when you when you work go to work during the day and then you have to come home and 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 kind of try and switch it off. So that's a real struggle for me because I've kind of had and realised it was a bit of a luxury to be able to just get in that bubble and and kind of create and then um, not have to come home and parent. But yeah, the really tricky part is. is trying to combine the two and so you know I have huge admiration for you know a lot of my working actor friends in Adelaide that have to do that all the time because that's yeah tricky yeah just these endless challenges that we're faced with it's fun isn't it (laughs) yeah always something comes up oh dear
show that you've got coming up that you're working on the children's show. Um, how, yeah. When's that sort of looking like it will have its opening and that sort of stuff? Yeah, so that's with a, um, a company called uh, The Paper Boats and um, a theatre maker called Dave Brown who um, used to work at Patch Theatre. So that when I was um, doing Me, My Shadow and he was the artistic director there. So we've, we've had a, a long kind of working relationship. He is developing a show with another creative down here called Gavin Clark. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So dancer, musician, actor, like he's the, you know, triple threat. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, um, so I'm working on a, a, a little show called Seven Little Wonders that will be performed, I think, as part of the Fringe Festival in Gambia, but um March yeah and so we're kind of they're slowly kind of developing it, it, it involves like six little six kids on stage the whole time so it's, I've never it'll be an interesting <laughs> an interesting uh experience I think and um so that's why we're starting we're going to get a few test audiences in early but yeah. um hopefully it'll be a, a beautiful kind of um you know little show for kind of four to eight year olds oh yeah. wonderful that sounds awesome yeah that sounds so great yeah yeah, yeah. Gav you know Gav just he, he plays all these different instruments and I just kind of stand there and say words every now and again <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm sure they're very muscles. important words they're very important yeah. words Sarah yeah. <laughs> wouldn't have the show without your words <laughs> yeah that's right thank you If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please contact me at the link in the bio or send me an email at alisonnewman.net. Edge Dwellers Cafe is a fortnightly-ish, long-form interview-based podcast featuring conversations about politics, environment and mental health in a world on edge with Ben Habib. Ben is an international relations researcher, environmental educator, mental health advocate and longtime friend of mine who enjoys having a yarn over a hot coffee. The podcast tries to make sense of the different kinds of edges that define us, divide us and shape how we interact with each other in a world that's gone a little bonkers and what it means to be a little different. Check it out at podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts.